My name is Sheriff Rowdy, and I started my day in 1879 in the Dakotas, but this little lady says I am now in 1944 France. She's being chased by these men named Nazis. It's like they got the devil in them. Well, she needs a good partner, and I'm not one to leave someone to fight evil alone. Get the rip-roaring adventure of Cowboys vs. Nazis at MythMart.com or Amazon. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim with episode... 227 of the World of Mythbits. I'm pretty sure it's 227. Let me just double check quickly. Do, 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 yes, episode 227. This is going to be the isolation episode. I'm actually currently undergoing uh, an experiment, so I'm away from home, uh, and something has happened with the experiment, and also the fact that my daughter tested positive for COVID just before heading into the experiment, and everybody's on... Uh, razor's edge, um, the the slightest cough or uh, suggestion of a scratchy throat, and suddenly it's rat this and PCR that, and uh, off you go to isolation. But I have to say, one wonderful thing that has occurred is that um, I'm getting a lot of writing done. I've brought along, brought along a, uh, a wonderful book by, um, uh, a great, um, a great, uh, great writer, a good writer friend that, uh, she's been wonderful enough to send me a copy. And, um, I finally managed to read through that, which I'm thrilled about. Um, great book, great story, bit of history, uh, bit of, uh, the old mother country, uh, UK, England, or in this case it was Ireland, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, and heading for, um, es- escaping to Australia. Uh, wonderful, wonderful story. Great, great author. Uh, such a great read, but it was so quick. Like I, I sort of flew through what I, uh, what I expected would take me like a couple of days to read. 100 pages, but it was a small book, I think, was maybe what was misleading. So, yeah, the um, couple of hours of literally all I had to do was read, which was which was really cool. Um, all of a sudden, that reading material is been and gone and done. What's fantastic, though, is I have managed to bring along my trusty laptop and I have uh, smashed out a couple of stories already, um, sent off a few to, uh, to Looper for um, the October edition of World of Myth. 
and uh, sent a few things off to a few other places as well. So fingers crossed for those. Hopefully there'll be uh, a few um, Facebook posts going out to to say about some successes. I've had um, yeah had a um a a poem or two accepted recently, which is pretty cool. Um, and also a couple of dark drabbles like uh, horror stories, twisted horror stories, uh, have made the cut as well, which I'm pretty thrilled about. Um, and yeah, just got a few, few more days, uh, here, hopefully not a few more days in isolation, but a few more days here, um, being, yeah, keeping myself to myself. Um, and yeah, pl it's plenty of writing time, basically a great opportunity to, um, to knuckle down and catch up on some projects, which, uh, which I'm thrilled about. So very, very cool. Uh, so yeah, I was going to sort of chat about the, that whole concept of isolation and if you're a writer and alone, are you truly alone with all of those stories that are sort of bubbling around inside you and, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, so before we get into that though, uh, I haven't even had a chance to contact, uh, Mr. David K. Montoya, our wonderful CEO, or, um, Stephanie J. Vardy, the, uh, the wonderful chief editor, uh, as well as financial officer, I believe she currently is. Um, many hats, multi-talented, uh, lady that you are, Looper, uh, and also fabulous author, fantastic writer, and, uh, and, killer chief editor. So um, I haven't had a chance to actually touch base with them yet, but uh, I might be going out on a limb when I say the open contracts challenge, the, uh, the announcement is pending, is, uh, is due very, very, very shortly in the next couple of days, I believe, probably by the time this podcast goes live, I'd say we will be uh, hearing back regarding the next round of the Open Contracts Challenge for 2023. And an interesting thing that's sort of come out of that is the idea of uh, submission insurance. So we've got 11 in the competition at the moment. 11 have made it through to round one and only five of the 11 are going to be making it through to round two. So there's going to be six cold, uh, fingers crossed. I'm hoping that I'm not one of the ones that gets cold, but the, uh, I mean, when, when over 50% are going to go, there's a, a high chance that unless you're a real quality uh, quality entrant. Um, it's, uh, it's possible. And it all comes down as well to, uh, what the judges are looking for. And I think there's been a bit of a change with the judging. I thought there was a young lass, so a young librarian who was supposed to be taking over from, uh, from Walter. But, uh, I believe that Walter stepped back into the ring for, uh, for whatever reason. And I'm happy not not happy 
that the other young lady is not uh, not taking on this great opportunity. But I'm happy to have that familiar face, that uh, that reassuring voice, sort of coming through in the emails. Uh, I don't know how many of us have actually entered into the Open Contracts Challenge. I have done so for a couple of years now. Um, I reckon this is my third attempt at uh, at seeing how far I can go. And Walter's been there from the beginning for me, celebrating uh, each success. Well done. Congratulations on getting through to the next round. Uh, and also giving that support for uh, when you do get that bad news because there's only one winner. You can only have one winner and it is a, a very cool prize. Um, I think 200 US plus now a hardback contract through um, Dark Myth Publishing or one of their subsidiaries. Uh, and also, I believe, I don't know for sure, but I believe um, that um, Dark Myth, um, Jazo Mon, the, the company uh, and subsidiaries, might be looking at um, starting up a some sort of festival again, maybe. I'm not a hundred percent entirely sure of the details. I'm a little bit sketchy, uh, but super exciting if they do, uh, and super exciting if the winner of the open contracts challenge is, um, as part of the prize is able to appear at this event and sign books. I think that would be unreal. So anyway, um, yes, the, uh, the other thing, um, so open contracts challenge. The other thing, uh, I reckon there's, when's comic book day? I, I should have asked Dave. Dave would know when comic book day is and he would know as well, uh, all about what's going on with, uh, Dark Myth Publishing and comic book day. So maybe for that, we might have to wait for um, one of Dave's podcasts or maybe he'll feed the info to Looper and she's got a couple of podcasts as well that uh, that she's up and running and, and back into. So um, maybe there'll be a, a mention there about uh, what's going on with Comic Book Day and what's going on with uh, Dark Myth Publishing in that sort of field. Uh I also know um, episode one of American Smash, if I remember correctly, from the last housekeeping announcement, just probably a uh, a re a reminder to everybody that uh, the exciting news that the new the guys that are now part of the project. Uh, amazing artists, the, some of the cover artists, I reckon, of the previous, um, World of Myth magazine, uh, through 2023, I reckon, maybe late 2022, but definitely 2023. Um, they are getting on board with, uh, the inking and the coloring 
of the original American Smash, uh, so that there's consistency, I suppose, of, uh, of each one that's, that's come through. I mean, it's great. The, um, the original inker and the original colorist, uh, done a fantastic job. Like that, that looks like a, it's a very, very cool comic book for sure. Very tongue in cheek, uh, very lots of fun, very, uh, poking fun in all the right directions. Um, at, uh, the, the, the great, uh, superhero comics and, uh, and whatnot. Um, all, all very, very cool, but great news that we're, we're going to get that consistency through, uh, throughout with, uh, with episode one through two. I think it's episode four. We're up to with more episodes to come, which is super exciting. Very, very cool for, for fans of comic books and fans of great stories, fun stories. Um, yes. You can find the, um, American Smash on, uh, mythbits.com as well as a great range of t-shirts. So don't forget we are, uh, very, very quickly creeping up to October and to Halloween. And, um, don't forget that there's a great new range of horror t-shirts now on the, uh, Mythbits website. So make sure you check those out. Make sure you get your orders in quick. Uh, and make sure that you're getting your stories and poetry, uh, and your, um, your artwork in as well. The, uh, the deadline for the October edition of the e-magazine is, of course, the 15th of June, which is creeping ever, ever closer. I think it's only a couple of weeks away. Probably about a week away by the time that this goes live, I would say. So make sure you hurry up, make sure you get those in. I, uh, I have sent off my, um, a poem, I reckon, and already, and I've sent off a short story, which I'm, uh, I'm thrilled with. And, um, yeah, I'm about to knuckle down hopefully tomorrow and, uh, get into the headspace for, uh, for Petra and, um, I hope that you've had the opportunity to, uh, to read through, uh, no, it wouldn't be out yet. The, um, no, actually September. Ah, I keep forgetting that the e-mag isn't out until September. So September, so the, the, the stuff that was submitted in May is coming out in September. The stuff that's submitted in June is coming out in October. The stuff that's submitted in July it's coming out in November and keep your Christmas stuff ready for sending it in come August. Uh, World of Myth will be looking for the, um, all the Christmas goodies that you've got that you can throw their way. So make sure that you're, um, yeah, thinking that far ahead. Make sure that your, your mindset is, uh, is thinking what I'm submitting and when the magazine is actually, when the e-mag is actually going to be coming out. So, um, yes, don't forget as well, there's a brand new book out now by, um, our friend Walter, Walter G. Esselman is, 
Um, is it Cowboys versus Ninjas? No, Cowboys versus Nazis. I keep getting that mixed up. Ninjas aren't involved. Cow Cowboys versus Ninjas. Cowboys versus Nazis. Um, sorry, Walt, mate. Um, it's, yeah, it looks to be a ripper. But once again, just like Dave's, um, latest release for, uh, for Mythmark, it's definitely, definitely not one for kids. So don't buy it for your kids. But on the home front, my book from M Kids Press, of course, is for kids. So if you are looking for something for like the seven to 12 year old age range, or even if you're just looking for something, um, kiddish that you might like yourself, that you can just, um, dive into and, uh, and polish off, um, in swift succession. If you're, uh, you're happy to go with me on this crazy zany journey, uh, by all means, please pick up a copy of The Neighbor. And I'm thrilled that, uh, that many of my work colleagues and, uh, and many of my friends are actually stopping me and saying, oh yes, my copy's arrived. I, uh, I'm going to make sure that I, um, bring it in for you to sign. Uh, I can't wait to, uh, to start signing those copies of, uh, of the book for, uh, for friends and family and work colleagues. Uh, the support really makes my, my heart glow. Um, and I really, really do, uh, Dave, I really, really do need to get in touch with you to find out how I can get a box of books so that, um, I can actually do, uh, a local event. And, um, yeah, see how many of the community will, uh, will turn out. Uh, hopefully we can pack the library. Um, the, uh, the irony is I'll have to organize my own gift basket for, um, for someone to present to me at the end. And, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully it'll go well. Hopefully we'll have a, uh, a good community turnout. Um, it's a real, test to to find out just how well you're known and how well you're liked isn't it when you put on an event like that and you say uh, come one come all uh, and quite often some of our library events that we have we might have 10 people show up for or we might have 20 people show up for which would be a thrill but then we get ones where we get 100 people show up for or um, probably one of our biggest events was uh 200 plus that we had for a uh, a famous um Australian rules footballer coming along after he uh he published a couple of children's books about um indigenous culture and being kind to people regardless of their uh their culture their beliefs um that sort of thing so uh yeah my kind by Eddie Betts so uh we we had an event with him and we probably had two, 220, 230, maybe 240 people come along to that. And prior to that, one of our big, big, big events was I reckon 170-ish people coming along. Yeah. So we've had a few at my work where we've been over 100 people, but then there are other libraries uh, in South Australia, like especially in the metro areas, where they would easily get 300 plus people turning up 
for um for different authors and uh and that sort of thing but i'm hearing from authors that they they quite like the uh the intimacy of smaller groups as well they they love the fact that when you get a massive crowd there's a whole wealth of people that they're able to sell to but when you are a more intimate setting uh, a smaller crowd of of 10 or even 20 as long as the questions flow uh, as long as the, the the people are willing they're engaged they're willing um, they want to make that genuine connection uh, it can be an amazing and, and wonderful event for both the crowd and the author so uh, I'm looking forward to when I do eventually have my first official event as a as a uh, as an author that um regardless of if we, if we get a, a huge crowd or a small crowd that it's a crowd that i will be able to uh to interact in and engage with entertain um share some of my experiences uh share some some passages from uh from my uh my story depending on if it's like a if it's a an adult event for um uh, a story that I've uh, I've got coming up coming out um, later in the year. Um, the um, my my Myrtle Norton uh, fantasy parody, which uh, which I uh, I cannot wait to unleash upon the world. A uh, another um, from Dark Myth Publishing, and I think this will be from the the Dark Myth Dark Myth Publishing vein. Uh, it, um, definitely not for, for children. Maybe for young adults. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to, uh, to have to wait and see how, um, the, the test readership goes to what sort of audience we'll be aiming it at. But I, for one, will be suggesting definitely, definitely not for kids. Um, speaking of kids, I had a, uh, a moment the other day, uh, anybody who's listening from Australia and a few of you from overseas may know this man. Uh, we actually had a, uh, a major event, uh, at our performing arts center to do with a literacy program that I'm a part of. So as the library, it was a natural progression for council to come on board for um, paint the town red, R E A D, but it's coloured the colour red, and the R the E a capital, the lowercase is an A, and then the D is a capital to sort of make that connection between the word red as in I've read a story, and the word red as in the colour. So uh yeah I I I think we we've uh, we've done reasonably well because we're from I'm from Murray Bridge so it was paint the bridge red which uh which is kind of cool and so we actually had uh an egg a white um paper mache egg with red splodges on it that was actually travelling from kindergartens to childcare centers all around the local Murraylands area and it was a thrill, like a, a, a real thrill to drop the egg off, 
and then to collect it again with the book of uh, the eggs travels, the diary of where it's been and what it's been up to and that sort of thing. And the, the actual um, centres and the kids uh, got really, really stuck into it, really involved and really, really enjoyed the whole concept, the program and, uh, and that sort of thing. What was expected? What was, what, like singing and reading and, uh, doing activities with the egg and that sort of thing. And then eventually it's got to the point where it's grown to the size of an egg chair. And then, uh, the community, the, um, community of children that, uh, that actually experienced reading and singing and doing all of those activities with the egg were able to vote on what they thought the mascot should be, what what should be hatched out of the egg. And we had like, um, we've got pelicans in our local area. So we had a few ideas of pelicans and ducks and uh, a few other things. But the uh, the majority of votes, of course, went to dinosaur. So we have a dinosaur mascot. And we're now waiting to see what the community of, of children throughout the Murraylands come up with as a great name for our mascot dinosaur for this reading literacy program for preschoolers. So uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what they come up with. Uh, for me, the immediate uh, answer would be red. Uh, and you could do it in uh, tongue in cheek as a capital R, capital E, lowercase a, capital D, um, because the color of the, uh, the, the mascot is predominantly a red color, uh, with a white belly with red splodges. So, uh, so it would make a lot of sense to me to come up with an idea like that. But then it didn't really make a lot of sense to me to have a dinosaur for a mascot. So who knows what the community is going to come up with. Uh, but whatever it is, it's going to be amazing. And so, of course, being the librarian, being the storyteller, I got roped in to read a story to the egg. And one of my favorite Jackie French stories, uh, just a silly, simple story called Diary of a Wombat. So if you haven't read it, make sure that you Google it, check it out online or buy yourself a copy. This is, yeah, this is a quintessential Australian, um, just, a, I don't know if it's a, you have to be there kind of humor, but, uh, and I mean, for the majority of us, ha hardly any of us has actually seen a wombat, let alone lived with a wombat. But this, this diary is just so sweet and so special, uh, and so much fun. It's, uh, it's very much a, uh, a tongue in cheek and it's, got a, a spin-off series of uh, all sorts of different other Diary of a Wombat um, themed books, which is kind of cool. Um, but the uh, the original is always my favourite. And that was the one that was a big book that we had in the library collection that I thought, you know what, I'm going to share this book. And, uh, and what was cool was I was on stage, I was sort of walking around with the book and telling the story. Uh, and the um, the crew at the Performing Arts and Function Centre were able to beam the camera in on me 
and then put the pages of the book up on the big screen. So everybody that was there uh, was able to see it, was able to follow along, which was uh, which was kind of cool. But for me, the biggest thrill of all from that day was the fact that we have been able to get children's performer, a man named Peter Coombe, to, to come to Murray Bridge, to the town hall, to perform as part of this event. And I grew up my, like, seven, eight, nine-year-old years, possibly, were this man. He was literally all that me and my younger brother would listen to. This was um, before our younger, younger brother was even born, I'm pretty sure. But um, it, uh, it was uh, an absolute thrill to, uh, to meet Peter uh, and to be able to introduce him and to bop along to all of his songs. Um, some of the new songs, very catchy. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed those. But he finished off with three or four of his classic tracks from my childhood that I just belted out, sang, lifted my spirits. Ah, the newspaper mama, newspaper mama, newspaper mama, every day. What's black and what's white and red all over every day. It's just, they're, they're just so catchy uh, and silly um, nonsense songs, but you can, you just can't help but sing along. That's the, the power of Peter Coombe. So, uh, yeah, it, it was like I'm, I still haven't stopped smiling from, um, from seeing this man perform. And he's like, he had his, uh, his sidekick named Phil. He's like his, backup performer um who was on the the cool organ and um to to hear the sort of stuff that phil was able to play in the warm-up like the classic 80s organ tracks like the the synthesized oh sort of it gave you chills i i could have listened to a concert of that but then to uh to hear him accompanying Peter Coombe on his guitar, uh, Clara, classic, just beautiful. The, and what I love as well is the fact that for, for many a year before COVID was a thing, unfortunately, Peter Coombe used to go to all the nightclubs and he would actually perform his children's set of songs for the, 25 to 35 year olds like these these kids that literally grew up with him in their house like the the Aussie kids of today have got the wiggles and the wiggles have made multiple transformations over the years and that sort of thing um but for us there were no wiggles there's Peter Coombe um Ah, oh, who else was there? There was ah oh, the a 
a fairy penguin walks in a funny way. Would you like to do it too? I cannot remember his name. He was a guy off play school and he sang song. Never smile at a crocodile. Oh no, crocodile, you've got a wonderful smile and I must admit I kind of like your style. Got beautiful skin and a laughable grin, but I don't want to swim with a crocodile. There, the um, I keep wanting to say Peter Coombe, and I've mentioned him, and it's not him. Um, but I reckon he was on play school for years and years and years. These are like the um, key Australian performers from my my childhood that are are all of a sudden making a a resurgence and it's it just taps back into my inner child and it's a, a beautiful thing it makes me want to grin and it's um that's what i'm loving about the opportunity to write children's stories as well is being able to tap back into those um those tales that i've so fondly recalled whether it's a movie or music or a book I read or uh, some sort of scene that's sort of stuck in my head, it's sort of digging around in that past, that murky, murky past, and um, dragging out bits and pieces and sort of piecing them together into something that I've made my own, uh, and then sort of just giving it a, a bit of a flourish uh, and uh, and sending it out there into the ether, hoping that it gets uh, gets very well accepted um, and hoping that it gets uh, gets very well loved. And uh, so far, so good. So far, uh, it's been a lot of fun and it's been working. I'm um, I'm looking forward to knuckling down while I've got a couple of days off. Uh, while I am in isolation, hopefully I will get the opportunity, um, perhaps tomorrow to, uh, to catch up on, uh, one particular project that I'm a little bit behind on. Um, so hopefully this will be, um, catch up time because looking ahead at the rest of June, I've got a feeling that there's going to be uh, hopefully I can jump in, uh, hopefully I can make some time, carve out some time, uh, to actually have a look at the, um, the manuscript for Myrtle Norton, uh, because I really, really, really want to get that right. The, there's a lot there. Uh, it's a little bit intricate with the formatting. Um, uh, and, I know working with Dark Myth Publishing, the um, the team there is incredible. They're very thorough. In my my experience is that they've been uh, they've been very very thorough. Um, the experience that I've the other experience I've had with publishing, of course, is self publishing my um, my fantasy novel, and that wasn't great in my opinion. It, uh, it fell short in, uh, in numerous ways. And then my cousin has actually, um, has taken on some, uh, like the, the first section, my, um, my forward 
for uh, the 11th tome. He's actually taken that as a sample to give to his year nine class. He's now a, uh, a high school teacher, which uh, I'm thrilled about. He's, uh, he's finally discovered his calling uh, and I believe is living his best life. Um, the, yeah, the cool thing is he's, yeah, he took uh, that section of, uh, of my novel and actually set a few questions for his year nine class. Uh, and what I'm so proud about is the fact that he's identified some reluctant readers, especially in the boys in his class. Uh, and the material that he set for them, he thought was either going to be so challenging that it's going to, it was going to fall over and they weren't going to engage at all, or it was going to be the right sort of stuff that was going to get them switched on from the get go. And I'm, Thrilled, I believe the feedback that I got from, um, from Jochen is, uh, is that it was the latter, that the, uh, the kids that he was hoping would actually be, um, engaged and be involved, uh, snapped it up, uh, absolutely loved it, got, uh, got so much out of it. And the other students as well seem to get a lot out of it too, which is cool. But that's not the first time the, um, my, uh, uh, an English teacher at the local high school where I went, not a teacher that I've had, but a teacher that regularly comes into the library and, and borrows items out and, uh, and that sort of thing. She, um, and I became, uh, became friends through her regularly coming in on weekends when I was working and, uh, and that sort of thing. And, she uh, found out about my writing and uh, and I was speaking to her about it and giving her samples of stuff that I've written and and, uh, and had published online and that sort of thing. This was before World of Myth and, uh, and before other sites. Um, and she actually snapped up uh, one of my stories and said, hey, this is great, like this is exactly what I'm looking for, and I can't find it with any other author. It's exactly what I'm looking for to cover off on this particular topic for um, for my class. And so, um, yeah, the following weekend, she turned around and said, look, I don't know if you're okay with it, but I did take the liberty of downloading it, printing it off, and using it with my class, and they all loved it. They all engaged really, really well. And I mean... It'd be nice to be asked. It'd be nice to be compensated, but if, even even if not compensated, it'd be nice to be asked um, if that's okay, and uh, to sort of give that permission and to know beforehand that uh, that it was happening. But at the same time, at the end of the day, I'm just thrilled that people are reading my stories. And I'm totally thrilled that, uh, that they're getting so much out of them. It's, um, yeah, that's, that's why you write, isn't it? You, you write, or you write for yourself and then you hope that other people enjoy it. Well, what I'm finding is lots of my stuff that, uh, that I'm writing and I'm publishing and I'm submitting, people seem to enjoy, which is fabulous. Is, uh, yeah, is um, 
is the the thrill of any and, and every author. I mean, it's it's great to get that uh, that response back from a publisher. Hey, we loved it. We want to publish it. That's cool. That's like a, a great uh, great goal to have. Um, and uh, congratulations to uh, to each and every author and each and every poet uh, and each and every artist where and when that happens. But yeah, at at the end of the day, it uh, it all comes down to. Uh, reaching out to the audience, getting, getting your story under their nose, getting them to give it a read. And then, yeah, that smile, that grin, that, uh, that flash in the eyes of, uh, of enjoyment. This is, this is what I'm looking for. Uh, this is what I wanted. Um, thank you for, um, for bringing this into existence. That's, uh, that's, that's all, all, all we're looking for. Is uh, it's just that uh, that little bit of reassurance that uh, that we're doing a good job, definitely. Um, so to anybody out there who is isolating, I uh, I hope that you uh, you are feeling much much better very very quickly and very very soon. Uh, whether it's flu, whether it's COVID, whether you're recovering from some sort of operation, um, whatever it is. Hopefully, uh, you are, if you are isolating, you're isolating on purpose, uh, and you're in some little cabin in the woods somewhere, uh, getting plenty of opportunity to, to smash out your best work. Uh, and then you get the fun of, uh, of finding the best place to send it. Uh, and then hopefully, you get the fun of trying to market yourself, whether it's selling a book or uh, selling some, some online publication, um, whatever it is. I wish you all the very best with, uh, with everything you're doing, the very best with your creativity, the very best with juggling the desires and the requirements of life. Um, and... Uh, Happy writing, happy reading, and happy buying t-shirts too. Yes, make sure, make sure that you jump on MythMart. Make sure that you check out the latest books, comics. Um, I think there's, there might even still be calendars there. Uh, but um, make sure that you... Uh, Check out the range of t-shirts. There's, yes, the, the, the fun t-shirts, the funny t-shirts, uh, but especially the, um, the, the horror ones. Uh, just in time, get your order in just in time for, um, for October. And, um, yes, just Weekly on the uh, on the home front, um, things seem to be well. Well, the I don't know because I'm away from home at the moment. I'm away from home, but then I'm also in isolation away from home, uh, and it is a um, a very kooky very weird kind of feeling but it is a great opportunity to record 
a podcast. There's something about being alone on your own in a room with um, the the reverberations of uh, of all the walls um, that just makes things sound good. It's uh, yeah, I did. Um, I've got an old crappy laptop with me, and I did try and play a podcast. And the podcast plays, but the sound doesn't work. So uh, the um, yeah, the and uh, jumping on social media, you can read the posts, but you can't respond. The yeah, it's it's quirky, but it's fun. It's um, it's the challenges and being up here. I'm uh, I'm actually up here in Adelaide with a whole bunch of strangers, and they've got their flash laptops and that sort of thing. And one guy last night looked over at mine and he's like, is that a cracked screen? Yes. Yes, it is. And the Y key is missing because my niece pulled it off the, the keyboard uh, before I could stop it. So um, I definitely, definitely know that this is my laptop. And I definitely, definitely, definitely know that nobody else is going to want it. But it's mine. Uh, and it enables me to write stories and write poetry uh, and share them. And uh, just to my left, I uh, I can also see uh, my notebook, uh, pen and paper, trusty pen and paper. There's nothing like that for um, the short, short form. Uh, I, uh, I love scribbling down ideas and sort of scratching through them and, uh, and chipping and changing and... Uh, making it add up to the right number of words or uh, making it fit a certain pattern or um, just making a, a, uh, a quirky concept. Um, yeah, just, just making it work is, uh, is a dream come true. The dream of the writer, indeed. And before I sign off uh, episode 227 of The World of Mythbits, I just wanted to make a couple of final uh, quick announcements. Just wanted to say very sorry, Lupa, to hear that you are so unwell currently. Uh, hopefully soon you will be um, back to 100% and back to being our wonderful, amazing chief editor, um, chief financial officer, uh, an all-round just chief awesome person. And I've got some very cool news to announce on the Open Contract Challenge for 2023, uh, the fifth year of this amazing competition. Um, first of all, sadly, I was in the top 11, but my first chapter was a bit rubbish and uh, did not make the grade, which I'm not at all too surprised about. Uh, when you rush something, uh, especially something this important, you learn the lesson that um, the diamond uh, will always trump uh, coal, I suppose you could say. Um, hopefully I will get a chance to, uh, to massage this first chapter, uh, which I did submit. Um, when I finally get around to doing the, um, the whole manuscript 
hopefully putting that up for uh, for publication sometime down the track. But uh, I do have the names of the uh, amazing five that have made it through. So just quickly, let me check my crystal ball. And here we go. In no particular author, uh, in no particular author, ha, huh, in no particular order, here is the name of the top five for the 2023 Open Contracts Challenge. Um, James Rumpel, congratulations. Uh, very well done, sir, going all the way through. Uh, Christina Steele making it through to the, uh, the next round. Uh, I'm going to throw in a wild card. Hayley Wolf uh, has made it through. Congratulations, Hayley. Obviously, the judges picked very, very well selecting you as the wild card. But then I've always thought as well, when they mentioned the top 11, they mentioned that in alphabetical order. Uh, and your last name being Wolf. Uh, I think just naturally slid you into position number 11. Uh, I think it was in no way reflective of uh, the fact that you sort of just scraped in. And obviously, with this first chapter you've sent through, you have uh, proven my point, I guess. So uh, congratulations to you, Hayley. Um, Adele Evershed, uh, I believe, is uh, is also through... Um, and finally, well done and congratulations to the amazing Dawn de Braal. Uh, I am not at all shocked to see your name there, Dawn. Uh, congratulations to, uh, to our top five. And um, best of luck moving through to the top three, then the top two. And then position number one. Looking forward to uh, to tracking this one through. Um, the the prize, of course, hardback uh, of the of the book, um, two hundred bucks US, uh, and also yeah that uh, that prize position uh, that appearance at um, at the um, Dark Myth. Uh, event as well yeah which i think will be super 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 exciting and one day i want to win but not this year this year is not my year uh but obviously um it's just teaching all of us that have sort of put our uh name in the ring uh and managed to move past into that top 11 you really got to put your a game in you've really got to put that effort in so anyway um, congratulations, well done, uh, and hopefully Looper is feeling much, much better very, very soon. So, in kooky isolation, this is Tim signing off. Bye for now from SA. Until next episode. See ya.